Yes, g'day partners. Welcome to episode two, season. We're going to go with season four of All In. I'm joined by Dean Watling from DeanWatling.com and about various other uh, businesses he works for these days. A man of the people, Dino. How are you? Yeah, good afternoon or good morning to you again, Gano. Um, like you mentioned, it was a good week of racing. I don't know what season it is, season three or four, one of the seasons for us. Back for episode two, a little bit of a light week this week. We ramp up again next week, but a little bit to review. We had the group one week stakes in the weekend, stacks of group twos, group threes, three of us went around, so keen to dive into it, mate. Yeah, season three, season four, doesn't matter. It's all the same. <laughs> we keep finding winners. They were easy to find, though. Mr. Brightside got the job done. Cylinder got the job done. Colino's 11s into $3 and went like... Absolute busted. That was a bit of a shame. Estriella just got done. Before we uh, talk about horses to follow, probably touch on those two horses, Estriella and Kalino. They're both probably, you know, to the eye, look like they had their chance. But the way Ramwick sort of played into that headwind, Dino, um, probably didn't get every possible, mate. What are your thoughts on, on that, mate? Yeah, I think you make a good point. Uh, those sort of shoot starts down the back that we saw and they sort of faced the breeze the entire way up on speed. And I don't think we saw a leader or a horse sit outside the letter win all day. So um, you've got to be really forgiving. And I think that was the track's fault. I think that was more so the wind in the faces of those horses. And we saw horses that could build momentum, get cover and sort of get those key lane six uh, around that lane six uh, really run on. But I thought those runs were great. And like you mentioned, you might not have got the result with Kleno, but if you're backing horses that are $8 starting, $2.90, whatever it did, you're going to be uh, successful long-term. So we can only control pre-race, you know, uh, during the race and throughout the day, uh, that's out of our hands. So good bet. Just didn't get the result there, mate. Sure is, mate. And horses to follow from uh, the weekend, I'll throw one at you straight away. I think King Colorado will be a horse to follow. I think he'll win pretty much anything he lines up in um, for the next three or four runs. What do you got? Yeah, I like that. Uh, he was really good. Louise, they had... Uh, Hard time in the straight finding any luck at all and he over race. So I think King Colorado definitely he could potentially be Springs Champions horse or even a, a Golden Rose. Um, anything 14, 16, 2000, he'll be very hard to beat. The four that I wanted to follow, speaking of a theme of leaders that probably didn't get every single chance with the wind, I thought Queen of the Ball was a big drift in the market. Um, she ran exceptionally well, was only beaten by a gun ride of John Van over me. Kiamochi was great in the, the Silver Shadow. Um, Probably just needs 1,400 metres now. And I think Camacho will be winning. And Estriella and Princess Grace. Estriella up on speed. I think she might be the best filly to come out of that race. And Princess Grace back towards the inferior inside ground in the wing stage. She was outstanding off two really sneaky, quiet trials. So she won second up last prep. And I'd suggest she'll be hard to beat second up wherever she goes. So Queen of the Ball, Camacho, Estriella and Princess Grace for me, mate. Right of the day. And then off the back of that, I just want you to touch on um, how do you think the track played overall? There's been a little bit of talk about it in the media. So give us your ride of the day and then how you thought Ramwick played. Yeah, interesting. Ride of the day, I think, had to be J-Mac. It was just rode that to a T. So we'll share J-Mac with Fangirl and uh, JVO on um, Paracel. I think they're the two rides of the day if they can split it. Actually, you know what? Bugger it. We'll just give it to JVO. J-Mac's got plenty. Yeah, <laughs> well done, JVO. Very nice and patient. Rode the horse like the best horse and, and put it in the best position and was super. Judge it to a T. So you had I say the track's playing. Well, it's interesting. A fair bit of talk. Some well-known media um, experts out there suggesting that Ramwick was awful. Well, was it? Tintuki run one race 10 from the inside leaders back. Um, super bright one race one. I think two pairs back the rails. So you had two horses there, the bookend, the card, along the rails. Then you had the average lane of the average winner out of the 10 races, the average 
lane, sorry, I should say, of the 10 winners was was about lane 3.2. So call it lane three at the 800 metres. So with cover, definitely helped. But I think we've touched on why cover was so important was because of the wind. So it wasn't yep. necessarily to do with the track. So some horses had cover and also won in races one and 10. They also had some form of cover as well. And then from lane uh, 10 was the average lane of the winners from the 200-meter mark, if that makes sense to everyone. Hopefully I haven't yep. rambled on too much there. So, yes, they have got to better ground. But Randwick Rail True on a soft 6, soft 7 traditionally has been lanes 3 to 10. It's been that way forever, forever in a day. Uh, and if you haven't worked that out yet, we can't help you because even on this show for the last three or four seasons, we've harped <laughs> on about how good it is and we just keep singing off the same hint sheet. So if you're not listening, uh, we can't help you. Caulfield, on the other hand, no one's mentioned Caulfield at all. No problems, no dramas. Well, at the 800 metres, the average lane, uh, with, sorry, the lane of the, <laughs> geez, I'm having a mare here. This, this <laughs> five is, <laughs> lane five. Take two. Lane, take two. We don't do that. We do one takes here. Yeah. Lane five <laughs> was the uh, lane of, of the winners there. And and then from the 200 metres, that's from the 800, and for the 200 metres, lane eight is where we saw the winners come from on average. So if we average them out, take all those figures and average them out. So they really haven't played uh, too dissimilar at all, except for the point where uh, Super Bright and Tintuki have come out and won. Yeah. And they've been on the inside. So, so when yeah. I say inside, probably lane two. Yeah. So what you're suggesting there is in run at Randwick, it probably didn't matter as much. More so in the straight, you wanted to get the sort of those lanes four to six. Um, but where so uh, you're talking Caulfield, you sort of wanted to be a lot further off the rails in run and around there and then getting to sort of lanes eight. So I know it can get a little bit of conjecture uh, around that. And obviously, if you back the, a horse on pace, um, you're probably disadvantaged. But I don't think at Bramwick that was anything to do with the track. I think that was the wind down the side and even more so in those 11, 1200 meter races. But I always suggest that every horse can get off the rails and get to the right part of the track. But when you've got rails in run on fire, not every single horse can get on rails. And I think it makes it a little bit dangerous when it is like that because you see horses changing tactics. On the weekend, we didn't see one horse, I don't think, try to ride outside of it because there was this massive bias. They just rid ra- road races like they, they should have. So I'd take them any day of the week. I thought they both played outstanding. And if anything, we can use that to review the races and find those winners moving forward. So um, that's the thing to take out of it, I guess. You're not going to get a fairer track than that moving forward. So any horses disadvantage on pace, back them over the next couple of weeks, Gano, and you should be fruitful. Yeah, hopefully everyone made some some form of sense of what I tried to spit out there before because <laughs> I certainly am confused by it. Um, <laughs> but what it does take us to is simply to this point. We now get to Rose Hill. It's a good segue it's going to be dry all week. We're on a good four track and the rail's out six metres now. Yep. Now, unless for some reason they decide to leave the sprinklers on ridiculous amounts, we're going to, we are going which I to could see, do. which could happen. <laughs> you just don't know. We're going yeah. to see, a, are we going to see a track that suits on pace runners over 11 and 1200 metre races? Be prepared to back on speed horses. If you're back and get back horses, you're just parting with your dough. You're just giving it away. So be warned. That's what you should expect. Uh, Dino, do you share do you share that sentiment? 100%. Uh, I think that if you're going to write a rule book out for Sydney Racing, uh, Metro Racing, Rose Hill, Ramwick, Rose Hill, uh, Rail True and Ramwick, Rail True, very fair. A little bit of rain, soft five, seven, soft six, even more so suits horses off speed. Dry tracks, rail out, both Ramwick and Rose Hill. You want to be forward of midfield and 
even more so at Rose Hill, anytime the rail's out, dry track, 11, 1200 meter shoot races, um, you pretty much no chance if you're not in the top four in running. So you got to take from the weekend and readjust your radar, I would say. And if you're going to back a back marker, um, wait till Saturday. Wait till you can see if they actually are running on. There's no point backing a juicy price on a Wednesday, get to Saturday, and you, you can't make any ounce of ground. So you know, 100% agree with you, and it's so important um, over these next couple of weeks to figure out these tracks or have a little insight, if anything. Yeah, I think my biggest rule of all these all-in markets is if you're going to take a – price in an all-in yep. market you want to be taking a price of a horse that's sitting forward of midfield yeah because if horses come out that's advantage you and barriers <laughs> don't matter because exactly, they're going to roll you know what's going to happen yeah exactly yep. right now let's kick off san domenico stakes group three set weights and penalties for the three-year-olds libertad four dollar fifty favorite courtesy of tab the green cafe kandinsky abstract 11s into six dollars been very well backed. The instructors 450 out to six dollars on the drift. If you don't mind, Barber eight dollars, Corniche eight dollars, introducing eight dollars, Don Corleone eleven dollars, Butch Cassidy 15, and onwards and upwards we go out there. But uh, Dino, kick off. What do you like in the San Domenico? Yeah, a little bit of history or background of the race. The last two winners, Sweet Ride last year. Uh, was second up coming out of the Rosebud first up. In the Congo two years ago, Zach same profile uh, was coming out of, or came out of, sorry, uh, the Rosebud and won the San Domenico second up, albeit that was at obviously Kembla Grange. Behind that, you had Anders, Exceedance, Graf and Pariah. Um, the trend with all of these is on pace and inside gates. Uh, barrier three, two, five, one, one. That's been the last five years. And a lot of those horses, probably by exceedance, uh, have settled um, up on speed over the 1,100 metres at Rose Hill. So I suggest that's a natural profile. Outside of the last two winners, Gano, the rest of the horses have been um, first up outside of Anders, who I think had a, a Wyong win. I think I can remember. Went from Wyong to an absolutely bolted. That was on a wet track. Um, but it's a good addition this year. Um, what I'm looking for, the profile that I'm looking for, I'm guessing it's very similar to you. I'm looking for a horse who can have good gate speed, Fitness, settle up on speed and have um, good fight on. I don't want to be backing anything that's going to be worse in midfield and running on. So I think you can sort of get rid of Cigar Flick out of that. A couple of other Don Corleone's uh, sort of trialing tomorrow. So I'm not sure if that horse goes there. General Salute and Sovereign Fund both trialed this morning at Hawkesbury. So not sure if they go. But I think the one in the market at the moment who's on the drift is the instructor. I was very critical of him first up. But deeper dive in that review, I think they went way too slow, allowed the back markets to get into the race. Um, his last two sectional splits uh, were near identical, which just tells me they didn't use his strength, which is his speed. And that's normally from the six to the four. You can break those horses' hearts. And then the last 200 metres, you're absolutely clinging on for life and it should be your slowest sectional. So second up, Waterhouse and Bot go from 15% first up to about 26% second up. Um, he's going to lead him. As long as he draws a gate, I think the instructor is the big one at the price. I think the best horse in the race is Kadinksy Abstract. Um, he's obviously the full to sunlight. He's going to get better over further, no doubt. I think he's the golden rose horse. If you can match him speed-wise and sit handy enough over 1,100 metres at Rose Hill, that's the big question mark. But I think for mine, the instructor um, is the one I like early doors, Gano. What are your thoughts? Yeah, there's only two horses I could possibly back early on, the instructor being one and introducing being the other. I think introducing got the better of uh, the instructor last start. However, Whoever finds the rails first out of those two will be the one that I want to back the most. So let's just wait and see until uh, the draw comes out. But happy to just go with you there, Dino, and, and pundits can follow you and they're on the instructor. And we'll just play it by ear when it comes to the barrier draw. If, if, if we had yeah. any info as to which one was actually 
if one was going there or, or the other, but I think they're both heading there, if, that, is that, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think both will head there, and that's the same with the Godolphin pair. Barber and Corniche, James was on SEN last week with us, and he suggested that they'll both accept. Barber's probably the other big one. He does have the tactical speed to land up there, but more so, he's, if he draws wide, he's not a horse that's going to charge the front. He'll take his medicine. So Barrier's probably more so him. General Salute's an interesting horse. Got a lot of time for him. He's a tact- He's got tactical speed as well, but just don't know if they back up two trials. And he obviously trialed Monday. He has to race Saturday. He can do it, but they're not known as a stable that can do it. So interesting setup with him. But I just love the profile of these Waterhouse and Boston horses second up. I know I was very critical, but like I said, a deeper review of the, the Rosebud. The row is rated really well. The last four editions, it's the second highest rating of them behind Palele, who was a out-and-out Group 1 winner. So um, I think there's a big bounce back in the instructor and introduced him. So I think we like those two types um, leading out. Love it, mate. Let's go to the uh, up-and-coming states. Group three over 1,300 metres. Group uh, group three quality minimum weight, 54 kilos, they're telling me here. And uh, Cabulus gets him with 54.5 kilos. So he didn't get the victory last start, but gets him pretty well at the weights this time around, which has got to be some advantage there, Dino. It's also come up $4.50 and then been well backed in $3.50 straight away. So a couple of smart punters there. I think that was four fifty was a good price. Three fifty might be... On the short side there, then you got uh, Le Vampires. Is that is that what we're running? Yeah, Le Vampire or Le Vampires. Yeah, yeah. Like not sure. That, not sure that's how they pronounce it, but we'll run with that anyway. Yeah. Uh, Griff, <laughs> Griff six dollars. So Le Vampires four fifty. Griff six dollars. Tom Kitten six. In Cap eleven. Kintyre eleven. And then a more fifteen. And a few others outside of that. Cafe Millennium fifteen. Interesting to see how that horse comes back. This preparation, probably not this time for me. I'll kick off here, Dino. I think um, Cabulus is uh, the horse to beat in this race. You just got to weigh up whether whether or not you want to take $4.50, $3.50 better horse that uh, may not settle uh, in the first half. Not a not a futures, or sorry, not an all-in futures betting prospect giving its race pattern. Um, at the $3.50, at the $4.50, perhaps it was, but at three fifty, it's not. So I'll just wait and see what happens at the barriers. But I, I think it's probably the best horse in the race. Um, what do you think, mate? Yeah, I think you can trust uh, Cabulasa's SP last start. Should have won the race. I trust that. A bit of a different setup here to the San Domenico. This is 1,300 metres, so they do go around a bend rather than a shoot start. So... Um, you still want to be forward of midfield, but I don't think it's as uh, vital, as critical as the San Domenico over um, the 1,100 metres. So you could potentially look for a horse that's going to settle one, two, three pairs off and, and run on, which Cabulas will do. Le Vampires or Le Vampires comes out of obviously that dominant midway, uh, mid-rate, midweek win. Uh, the stable did this with Kibu to win the race last year, getting right down the minimum 53 kilos. Griff was good first up, but did have uh, favours. And the one that I like is Tom Kitten. I think he's come back superb order. He's probably going to be forward of midfield, probably bang on midfield. Uh, his trials are great. I think he can be a 16, 2,000-metre horse. And 3,800 metres first up, love the stable fresh. Um, I think he'll be hard to beat here. Outside of that, I don't think it's a strong addition. NCAP's a horse who's been savage in the line. I wouldn't be surprised if he steps up faster tempo, faster pace here, and can run over the top. But um, it's probably a horse that's lacking upside yet to break the maiden. So Tom Kitten for mine, uh, early doors, but I think it's potentially a race to wait and see. I'm just looking at a paper and trying to find where a lot of this speed's going to come from, which I don't think there is much, which um, you sort of suggested, Cabulas as well. Um, but it's potentially a lot harder than um, the San Domenico early doors. So if I had to lean, Tom Kitten, but I think I'll be waiting, Gunnar. Yeah, it's going to keep my powder dry. If Cabulus can draw one, two, or three, then 
it looks like a like fantastic bet. Yeah. So yep. let's just see what happens there with Kerrylis. Um and and we'll just uh we'll just chip away, keep our powder dry there. There is a horse in the midway nominated, it's currently twenty second in the uh, nominations there, Dino. A horse by the name of Celestial Fury in with fifty four mm. kilos, just needs to gain a start. Gain to start, what do you reckon will happen there, mate? Yeah, I think it'd go mighty close. I saw that Doyle uh uh, saluted with his eighth midway win on the weekend. So he's looking to go back-to-back midways, and this could be his best midway horse ever. But hopefully for us, Gano, for Louis, for everyone, we get to see the big boy, a celestial um, fury there on Saturday. And anyone else in the race that's nominated, just scratch, please. please. Yeah, just don't accept. It's pretty simple. And you did mention, Louis, we have we uh, remiss of you not to mention the great man early on, but uh, he's actually at uh, track work with Nathan Doyle now, just giving him the, um, the <laughs> lowdown and, and how he wants to see Social Fury <laughs> sort of tur- turned over this week and, you know, what the feed and he's done the feed bin, he's just doing everything. That was after he was um, out partying with Drew Hutchinson. <laughs> yeah, Drew uh, he's had a big week, Lou. Uh, he's, I think he's even on Sky. I was on, at, at Scone at some stage as well on STC today, but he's, he's the everywhere man. Righto, uh, let's turn our attention to uh, Victorian racing and we're going to go the uh, Carolyn uh, stakes here, all in markets. Omni Man, $3.50, $4.50, and $3.50. So some nice support there. Bellini Patina, $6 into $4. Might need some rain. I don't think there's much rain about down there to the back end of the week. Sigh, horse that's had a big spruik on it after being yep. pretty good in the winter. Interesting to see how it uh, lines up. Might have to improve a length or so. I'm not sure I'll be chiming into the $5 there. Sweet Ride, $6. And then uh, Nahim Sahal, a horse that was scratched that was probably... Uh, well, really good first time. Yeah, and um, was well in the market. And I think it was Benedetta was it was in was in that yeah, race. Yeah, the last. It. I'm suggesting probably scratched it for this. You got Snapper and then Generation Hypothetical out there is not a bad horse uh, in its own right. Any thoughts here on the uh, Carolyn Stakes, Dino? Yeah, I struggled a bit at the Valley uh, on race day, let alone um, on a Monday. So I won't be betting or chiming in early. A couple of thoughts on the race. The Omni Man was probably dictated to last start. If he can find control of this race and it's any inkling of a leader's bias, he's the horse to be with. Only concern, I guess, with him, he's been up a long time, but um, shorter troops, his go. The Valley's his go. Bella Nipatina, I think she's come back good. Her jump outs have been really good, but she's probably a better horse, like you mentioned, with the cutout. But she does have a, a lovely record of the Valley. She loves that. Set up. Sai, interesting horse. Given a freshen off that last start win, she's a horse who could maybe progress through to sort of a couple of these sort of lower hanging fruit group races, listed races throughout the spring. Um, so I think the top three in the market are the ones that will fight it out. Uh, but no real opinion this far out, Gano. Um, any any idea of any help with you there? Not at all. Absolutely no idea. I was pretty disappointed in just the way Omniran raced yeah. last start. It, did, it didn't didn't scream, get me back to the valley. And I know there was, you know, the circumstances of the day, and they just didn't scream. Like, it screamed, get me back to Rose Hill, rail yeah. out six metres. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, me as quickly as place. humanly possible. Like, as quick as, like, body, how quick can we get him back to, you know, back to Rose mm. Hill? Anyway, that is what it is. Uh, so no betting prospects for me there. But, look, do keep an eye out. Make sure you do. Uh, check out the articles on thegreattipoff.com. You can catch yeah. Dino and I on um, on SEN doing the weekend review on Thursday mornings and catch that potty as well. We'll have all our tip staking plans available. So that's always easily accessible. Anything else for the week ahead, Dino? Any um, any winners to be found uh, Tuesday or Wednesday for the punters? 
I think it was a really good race Wednesday. Race one there at the Kenzo. I love the track. I think there's a horse by the name of Macarena and a horse by the name of Lost uh, in the first race. I think we could back both of those potentially for a winner. I think uh, a couple of those horses in race one and, and race two there at Kenzo will have a little bit of a say in the spring for a couple of the good races. The outside of that, mate, it's a bit of a, a lull week this week. Next week, we obviously got the Memsey Stakes. We've got the Rosebud. Uh, run to the Rose, sorry, which we'll see uh, Shinzo back and a couple of other big types. Um, so I think this is a little bit of a week to have a little breather, uh, be very disciplined, and then the next couple of weeks it really does ramp up. But that's all for me. Anything for you, mate? Well, they were racing down at Orbit tomorrow, and I had, Ooh, six, I like I had six bets, and I was well, I was ready to borrow your private yes. um, jet and fly <laughs> on the and just have a couple of cold ones with beer and cheer them if you winners. But they've moved to Narandra now. So we've gone from a heavy 10, bottomless heavy 10, and I thought I found winners everywhere, and now I'm struggling mm. to find one. But I do have one for you. Race five. Number seven, Southern Highlands. This is for Beery, but it's $41 at the moment. It just needs, mm. in, my, in my humble, and this has got, Mitch could completely pour cold water on this and disagree with me. In my humble, this horse needs a dry deck. It now goes to Narandra instead of Aubrey, gets the dry deck. This is a horse I had no interest in at Aubrey. Now I'm keen to back at Narandra and you're getting $41. If we can somehow find a way to uh, can, convince them to roll a little bit more forward, which I think they can with Jordan Mallion on from Barrier <laughs> 8, that $41, let me tell you. That's not a bad little play there, Dino. So uh, Naranja race five, number seven, will be my probably uh, only play. If you wanted to squeeze an all-in, um, best all-in play, Dino, can you uh, throw one at us? Yeah, I think best all-in play would be the instructor around $6 and potentially, um, yeah, I'll stick with the instructor around $6. I think that's the way to go this far out. I think you'll keep drifting and a lot of people will pop that first up run in the rose bun. Um, but deeper dive into it, I think it was really, really meritable, and I think the setup will heal love. So that's um, the best all-in play for me, Gano, you? Yeah, my best all-in play is introducing just because it's slightly yep. bigger odds, and there wasn't yep. too much between them, $8, $2.75, so you can have a unit each way on both, gamble responsibly, naturally, and um, you're going to get a small profit, and away we go. And then, look, next week we're back, bigger, better, stronger, group run racing returns will be a bigger show. Louis may come back, depends if the Roosters <laughs> get up or the Fury gets up. If both lose or either lose, I suggest we probably won't see him for another week. But, uh, Dino, it's been an absolute pleasure as always. Uh, thank you for your time. And uh, until next week. Thanks, mate. And thanks to all listeners. Get involved on the comments. Let us know what you like this week and next week. And if you've got any winners midweek. But thanks, Gunnar. Appreciate it, mate.